You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, brought to you by Studio 420, a cannabis-friendly marketing agency. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, Marketing Director for Studio 420. Seattle-based vape company Halo was recently named one of the top cannabis brands in the country by data company Pioneer Intelligence. Halo is led by chemist Lo Friesen, who started the company when she was only 25. Halo specializes in high-terpene, full-spectrum cannabis extracts for their well-known vapes. Lo and I talked about extraction, chemistry, the dangers of vapes, how to start an extraction business, and Halo's expansion plans. Listen in. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, very excited to meet you and uh, learn more about Halo. Where are you based? Yeah, I'm based in New York City. Okay. Yeah, and um, I think you're based in Northern California? Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've always wanted to, to go. Um, I just I just have no have had no reason to go up to that part of the world, but I'm dying just to go up there and Oregon and Washington, Alaska. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a very special part of the country. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we, let's just get started. Um, Sounds good. But I did read that uh, Pioneer Intelligence, the data company, uh, labeled Hilo, I think recently labeled Hilo as one of the country's top cannabis brands. So congratulations. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, H- Halo. Just a oh, Halo. Halo. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> what did I? Hilo? Did I say Hilo? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You were Halo. saying it right, but then you switched over. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, it looks like Halo. Okay, sorry. Halo. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that's no easy feat. Obviously, everybody trying to get national brand recognition or just brand recognition in general. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and but what I also liked um, when I was doing research on your company is that um, you're looking to empower other entrepreneurs um, to j- be just as successful, hopefully um, through your consultation services. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just love to know as an entrepreneur myself, you know, the background, what it takes, uh, you know, to just get a company up and running, especially an extraction company in the cannabis industry. That's you know, super interesting. So I thought we could just go through the steps that you you would take uh, working with a new client. For me, if I was looking to start an extraction company, hiring a consultation service like yourself or a company that's so successful would be, you know, a, a no brainer. So um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so I guess if you could just give us just an overview of Halo, its products, company ethos, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, I founded Halo in 2017. Our mission is to help anyone get more out of life. And we do that through cannabis, our cannabis products right now, along with the education and transparency um, that we pair with everything. So we believe that, you know, we're more than just a cannabis company offering cannabis products. We also have to contribute to the overall movement of the cannabis industry um, because I always say, you know, it's shocking that only about 15 to 20% of the adult population in any given state that's legal or medical um, actually uses cannabis. So there's so much potential for us to be able to impact lives for the better with cannabis. Um, and a lot of that comes down to education. So 
my background is in chemistry and medicine. And so I found my way through um, some channels to get into this industry and extraction was where I found my love, um, mainly because of the versatility of, of this segment of the industry. You know, we're producing um, extract that can be used in so many different products. Halo's main products are vape cartridges and topical body creams, but um, we pride ourselves on the education that we offer to help people find any product that might be best suited for them. So um, our ethos are really around education, um, you know, positively impacting this industry and uh, supporting our community um, and really demonstrating that cannabis is, it, it's not a black and white industry. It's not like just medical or just recreational, that it really is something that can um, span your entire life and livelihood um and it, it can be for medicine or it can be for like that wellness and bringing your body into balance and then the even the more fun recreational side so we offer products that can be used for all of those different experiences and the education piece is really helping people understand what to look for to find the right product for each of those experiences so we Beyond that, we also try to encourage people to do more with when they're using cannabis. So we create space for that, including like our Spotify playlists um, to set the mood um, for each strain. So each product that we put out, we also put out a paired playlist that really helps you get into the mood of what that experience should be. And then uh, we also have coloring sheets if you're inspired to to pair with a specific experience. And then um, we also host a series of concerts and that um, create an environment that marries art and community and education and cannabis at its core. But you know, whether or not you're a cannabis user, you can come and enjoy and experience that community. Um, and then the another piece of it is um, the, oh, I lost my train of thought. But in any case, we, we really try to create more than just a product because the product is just one ingredient in our life, right? And, um, and so that's what we try to demonstrate and, and show people is that once you find that product that you're looking for, that it's just one piece of this bigger picture um, that you can incorporate and get more out of each day using it. So I know you're you know, without tying in all these different experiences to your product, does that mean that you're targeting a specific demographic? Because, you know, music is a specific taste, a certain genre, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Is that what you're doing? Or are you kind of hitting all the different um, age groups and preferences and things like that? With that kind so of we look at our target audience or target demographic very differently than most people. So most people look at gender, they look at um, socioeconomic status. They look at uh, music taste. Mm -hmm. um, our our demographic is the person that aligns with our mission. Somebody that's that wants to make the most out of their life, and is looking for ways to do that. So that's our demographic, mm -hmm. and that that spans every traditional demographic. But it is a specific type of person. 
Right, like someone who's intentional about their living and consumption. But I know I I, I hate to say it. It's it sounds so cliche, but the whole industry sounds too good to be true. Like all the <laughs> it touches between the medical and the rec and the, you know, I it's yeah we we're we're big fans for sure. We're we're breaking the mold because so much of what we. Um, we subscribe to as a society is that because it's easy, right? It's easy to be like, no, you just do this one thing or no, it's just, um, you either, you know, you're either an entrepreneur or you're not, you know, like, but that, I guess, you know, they say about millennials, like everything is a side hustle. Right. And that's because you're just trying to do what fulfills you. So that can be a day job and your weekend gig, right? Right. You can be a, you know, an employee at a tech startup, and be a musician that performs on the weekends. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. Um, so um, I know that you use uh, CO2 extraction in your uh, for your process. How did you land on that when you were first thinking about starting the company? Well, when when I was entering the industry and knew I wanted to explore extraction, there there weren't that many options in terms of like the methods and still to this day, there aren't that many, but there are more. Mm -hmm. So um, we were talking about, I was considering ethanol extraction, hydrocarbon extraction, like butane or propane, CO2 extraction, and then um, solventless extraction, which would be like your ice water hash production, physical separation of the cannabinoids. And what I had to consider was, okay, what is safe? what is um, versatile and what is effective for this plant. And so as far as safety goes, um, hydrocarbon was immediately eliminated for me just because even now with technology so, so strong, well-developed, there are still potential for human error and accidents to happen that put people's lives at risk, mm. both in the operation of the, mostly in the operation of the equipment. So for me, you know, my own, as well as my team's safety was priority for me. Explosions. Um, Explosions. Correct. Explosions. Yeah. You can just have a little leak and then something happens and you, you're exploding the, the, the the building. So um, the uh, next level was versatility. So if I'm looking at ethanol versus um, CO2, ethanol really doesn't have a lot of versatility. So when you're extracting through ethanol, you're really just extracting your cannabinoids. So you don't have a whole lot of options to play with the solvents, different chemical properties. CO2, on the other hand, is extremely tunable. So you can change different things about it, like your temperature or your pressure, to actually behave different, differently with the plant. So you can optimize for terpenes, like those flavor compounds. You can optimize for just the cannabinoids and everything in between, and it's super scalable. So you can manage both, you know, the art side of, you know, extraction, as well as that um, efficiency and scalability. So it was an easy decision for me to make because it is, because CO2 is safe. It's extremely versatile and tunable and um, pretty easy to operate uh, once you, once you get the hang of it. So like easier to grab the terpenes out and not burn off the cannabinoids. Yeah, you really, yeah, you really can extract all these different compounds or, you know, not worry about it and just go, go do it, do it all in one go. Um, But it just gives you the most opportunity 
to create many different products. And for me, that was important, you know, entering an industry that has is ever changing. Um, we need to be able to pivot and be flexible and CO2 gives us that opportunity. Yeah. Or a lot of people, oh, the solventless. That's what I heard. Solventless. That's right. So I've, I've heard talking to some extractor, extractors the past year that solventless, especially up in your neck of the woods, the, the Northeast, or I'm sorry, the Northwest is uh, really becoming, solventless is becoming super popular. Um, yeah. In the past year, it's grown by, depending on the area that you're in, a hundred to a thousand percent in market share. Wow. Mm -hmm. I just did an article recently and I was looking at the at the market growth in different segments. And in some states, um, solventless has grown by a thousand percent in market share. Right. I've, I've heard, I haven't heard that statistic, but I've heard it's becoming very popular and it's probably going to um, sweep across the country and, and people are becoming more connoisseurs. So they, they mm -hmm. understand the value, um, but that's a higher level, probably price point for you, for you. Right. So you probably stay away from that a little bit. Is that, um, it's, 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 uh, it's harder to scale, which means it costs more mm. and it's, it is, it is a very time intensive and, um, labor intensive process. Mm. So that's not very easily scalable. If you're really good at it, um, it, it is, but uh, for us, you know, and we're not, we are definitely considering it. It's certainly in line with our objective as a processor because so much on the market is about THC and, and you know, optimizing for THC, which Halo is not about. We're about giving you the best experience and providing you access to what the plant has provided, which is what, where we are, why we are here today. You know, this, this plant has uh, encouraged an entire species of the, of the world to like worship it, right? Like we've, we've cultivated, we've, you know, look at this industry, how much money has come into it because of this plant. And so um, the magic is in the plant. The plant produces hundreds of compounds. And so by stripping everything away, except for one compound, we're, we're absolutely far from where we came from. And certainly there's a place for that. You know, if we're talking about medicine, although I think, you know, we're now in a period of like merging Eastern and Western medicine, right? Like where we're trying to find more natural remedies and, and not focus just on single compounds. But um, there is a place I think for using just THC, but I think there's more of a place for um, highlighting the many compounds that impact our bodies in a good way. It's it's better when all of these are 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 incorporated into our body. It's it's all about balance and and moderation. And so, hey, our extraction process optimizes for keeping as much of the plant in as possible. So we say keep it as close to the plant as possible because if you talk to anybody who has had a vape cartridge, for example that is, you know, 90% THC, it's a very different experience than having a halo cartridge where we're talking, you know, anywhere from 50 to 70% THC. And that's still a lot of THC. If we look at flour, that's anywhere from 15 to 25%. We're with concentrates, you're talking three times that. Yeah. So, so that's all, that's not, synthetic obviously that that's just a concentrate that you're smoking yeah when we extract we're concentrating 
those compounds that we're, we're extracting. So, but our goal is to keep as much of the compounds from the plant in there as possible. So we have optimized our extraction method for that full chemical profile, as opposed to just THC, which would be a very different um, from our process. We can do that. And we do that uh, for some of our clients, but um, for Halo products, we're all about keeping it as close to the plant as possible. Hence the CO2 extraction method. Okay. Yes. And we can optimize for THC with CO2 extraction as well, but um, we've changed our method for this particular type of extract. And um, I think that's where the future is. Right now we're in pro post-prohibition, right? We're in when people were, you know, drinking moonshine or, you know, how, how much alcohol can I get for my dollar? Well, the craft liquor and beer industry have shown us, shown us that that market exists, that people look for, for those um, more craft experiences. And so cannabis has a leg up because this type of industry has already been built. So as we enter this next phase, you know, when legalization happens federally, however many years from now it will be, um, we will probably go through that period of, uh, you know, Everclear and Moonshine, but um, I think much more, much faster than the alcohol industry, cannabis, the cannabis industry will um, flourish with craft companies. Right. And and that's why we need the education. And I'm a big proponent mm -hmm. of that as well. And, and we all should be who are in the business and, you know, have companies and things like that. What, what are some of your favorites? Like, what are you exploring now? Are you, are you keeping on top of the different research out there of, of, of you know, people who are discovering these new cannabinoids and yeah what's your next like big cannabinoid that you're really like oh I gotta work all with of the above yeah <laughs> I um I that's one of the things I love about this industry is we're literally learning something new every day yeah. both um you know in our own facility as well as you know in the research studies that are going on throughout the world so I I do keep up to date um because there's just so much going on and you know the more we learn, the better we understand um, where we're headed and what products to put out. So um, Halo's had a CBG product for about three years now. Um, it's called the CBG blend. And CBG is one of my favorite cannabinoids because I describe it as just like sunshine. Um, it the this, this research to date shows that it's about a hundred times more potent on anxiety and depression than CBD or THC. And we already know those are pretty effective. So I think there should be CBG in everything. And the plant does naturally produce. So first the plant produces CBG, CBGA or CBGVA. And then based on its genetics and environment and other factors, the plant releases enzymes that convert C that compound into other compounds like THC or CBD. So the plant naturally produces this compound and some, some plant, some genetics produce a lot more of it than others. So we, we have found um, some genetics that we love to incorporate into our product lineup um, because CBG is so helpful for so many people, especially during COVID when we were so isolated, when we, you know, in the winter, when we were having seasonal affective disorder, you know, any, anything. So um, CBG blend is a three to one THC to, T to CBG ratio. So it still will 
uh, you'll feel the intoxication of THC, but with that boost of CBG. So it mit mitigates any of the negative side effects of THC and boosts a lot of your happiness. And it's something you would take to a party, for example, if you're not drinking or something, or maybe if you are drinking. Mm. Um, mm. And then we, yeah, that's one of my favorites. And do you think that you need high doses of something like a cannabinoid, like a CBG? Because that's why I feel like CBD isn't really there yet because we don't really it's you need high dose to get the effect though that's not a psychoactive and we can't really feel it right away but as far as mixing it with the thc's or just having some sort of effect how do we know we do we know well like how much um i think there's more evidence coming out now because there are clinical trials going on around the world incorporating cbg but what we do know is that when we use um cannabinoids in conjunction with each other, uh, they are more effective. So we are able to lower our overall dose of any of the cannabinoids to be more effective when they're used together. So if THC and CBD are used in, in conjunction, they will both be more effective and more beneficial. So, you know, CBD isolated, you need to take a hundred plus milligrams in order to have any benefit. Whereas when you incorporate THC, you can even just add, I would say you could I don't know the exact doses, but you could probably cut your dose in half or even by 75% if you include THC in the mix. Um, they amplify each other's effects. CBG is the same way. So you don't need as much CBG, I think even isolated to feel effects from it. Um, you, I would say I personally um, have felt effects of CBG alone in the 20 to 40 milligram range. Um, but with THC involved, you can lower that even further. So um, again, it's more effective than CBD. And But you're right. That's why CBD hasn't been, you know, there's a huge hemp market, a huge CBD market, but yet there's a lot of people who have not experienced any benefit from it. And that's because usually products are in very low doses and you'd need to take a lot of CBD gummies that are maybe five or 10 milligrams in order to actually feel the benefit. Yeah, I, it's, it's a shame because it's, I feel like it's the market kind of launched prematurely in the CBD area. Yeah, so one of the things I've been really interested in and in taking a deep dive in are topicals. And that's one thing as far as, uh, well, are your topicals hemp-based or they're all cannabis? We have some hemp-based uh, topicals that are CBD only, but we always recommend our THC topicals that come from cannabis. Yeah, we use full spectrum extract in our topicals as well. Uh, uh, coming out of the CBD world, the only thing that where I'm hearing like success is in topicals. How does it work? Like it infiltrates your skin and gets in like for pain, inflammation. Yeah. Where is it? So there's, so there's two ways pain, you know, it, it signals to your body. So there's the localized pain. So where the pain is actually occurring. And then there's the nerves that distribute those signals throughout your body. So you can like with Advil, for example, obviously that's in, in impacting your pain signaling internally. That's, you know, you're not topically applying Advil versus um, maybe a, um, like, I don't know, menthol or Arnica root topical cream. Um, those are locally affecting your, your injury. So, uh, your, your skin is your largest organ and there are tons of receptors all over your skin. And so, um, the way that the cannabinoids interact with your skin is that it 
does enter that layer and um, can interact with those receptors locally so that it can, um, well, first and foremost, reduce inflammation. So it's actually impacting that inflammation that's happening there, whether that's like itchy inflammation from a mosquito bite or actual pain, um, like a burn, for example. Um, and then it's also uh, impacting the receptors there to reduce the pain signaling. So telling you that, you know what, it's not actually that painful. So um, there's a few methods that is happening there, but tons of receptors exist on your skin. So um, it's, it's, a, it's able to affect things locally. That's how it's happening. Okay, by the receptors, right. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I, I always was wondering about that. Um, okay, so great, let's get into the consultation part. Um, so what are the first steps um, when you're working with a new client, um, say uh, like in product development strategy, you know, obviously suited to their business goals. Like what's the first thing you do when you sit down with a client and try to figure out the path of how you can help them? Yeah, well, first I, I try to understand what their, their objectives are. So um, I have had clients who solely produce the extract and they don't produce any end products. So all they're doing is, is creating bulk extract all the way to uh, companies that produce a full lineup of products from topicals to vape cartridges, edibles, and things like that. So we first identify like, what is their objective? Do they have a mission? You know, why are they here in this industry? And then the next level is how can I help you? So what is your preferred extraction method? I do to consult on ethanol extraction, but mostly CO2, that's my specialty. And so, um, what I offer then is, um, the reason why I started the consulting was because it was so hard for me to get started. There was so much little, there's so few resources out there for understanding, you know, which company to go with, what equipment do you need? What are the process steps to get to an end product? So I wanted to be an, a resource for people to be able to filter through all that. And, uh, and at the end of the day, get to market faster for less money. Because in being in the cannabis industry, even if things are good from the beginning, it will change. Cannabis does become a commodity at some point. And so you need to be, be prepared for that. And so I'm, I'm a bootstrapped company and I try to um, relay that same sentiment to all my clients so that, you know, they're acting and able to be flexible and, and be a sustainable business. So my objective is to get people to market faster and for less money so that they can turn their you know, business into a success as fast as possible. And so um, I offer everything from like application writing. So before you even can get your license, all the way through um, your standard operating procedures, training your staff and getting you streamlined so you can get to market and produce products and start making money. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Application writing right there. I mean, be a lot of great information. Um, so what do you, what are some of the challenges uh, that you went through or that you think, you know, that you're helping them avoid, like you say, kind of fast track them, of course, then they don't have to learn, you know, they don't have the learning curve. Um, and I know the resources like, you know, choosing the right equipment. I know there's equipment companies I've heard from other people that they'll sell you a certain set of equipment or whatever. It's not everything that you need. And of course, you don't know if it's the right thing because you haven't used it, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, blind trust 
So um, you end up having to, you know, way too much equipment or equipment that's oversized and you've paid a lot of money for it. So it, it takes a lot of money to get started. So being selective with where you spend your money is really important. And so um, choosing equipment is one of the biggest factors, making sure that you're um, finding, and, and that's where my, my market research comes into play. I have experience with a lot of different equipment. So I'm able to offer insight for everyone's budget, whether you're scrappy or you have funding and um, how to actually budget for everything. And here's what you need now versus what you need later. So I offer all of that insight as well as um, which vendors to go with, whether it's from the functionality of the equipment to customer service and warranties. Mm -hmm. um, so all of that is, are really important factors in planning your business. As far as um, developing products, um, what is, is there, um, a, is which product line or category is like your most popular doing the best between the vapes and the topicals and the. The vapes hands down are, are do the best and that's in any market. Um, flower usually it has the highest market share, but vapes are usually second. So in any market, it can be anywhere from 15 to 30% of the market. So um, especially with some medical states not permitting smokable product, but vaping is permitted. So those, the vapable products end up being um, really big market share because of that. Um, and that, that's just because of the immediate effect, you know, of the experience. You can dose really easily. It's really discreet. It doesn't smell. Um, but at Halo, it's, there are number one products and the products that we uh, get behind, sell the most of. Um, we love our topicals, but they're just a small, topicals in general, just always a small portion of the market. And I'm not a big vapor, um, but, but, you know, you always hear about the, um, the vape uh, danger, vaping, you know, what, mm -hmm. what is that and how would you tell someone not to worry about vaping or, or, or what, is, what, well, what are people's concerns that I keep hearing in the news, I guess. And then how would you, there, there, um, I think valid concerns, um, are, we have a whole, um, YouTube series called higher ed. If you look up halo higher ed, um, and where we talk a lot about everything, um, a lot of cannabis edu education is there, but also, why it's so important to care about what products you're consuming. So especially with inhalables, um, your stomach, for example, like, you know, it's a personal preference whether you buy organic or not, because your stomach can filter out a lot of um, toxic chemicals. That's just the nature of the stomach. Um, your lungs, however, are not equipped as well as your stomach. So whatever you're putting in your lungs needs to be as low risk as possible. So that's another reason why we preach, keep it as close to the plant as possible, because when you're talking about hundred percent cannabis and vaping is, you know, with the right product is, is safer than smoking because you don't have those carcinogens, but um, it has to be that hundred percent cannabis extract. Otherwise, you're introducing other factors of risk like synthetic compounds, um, synthetic flavorings, stuff like that. Um, anything that didn't come from cannabis can introduce risk. So we preach, you know, ask those questions, find out where the product is coming from, 
and make sure it's something you feel comfortable consuming. And uh, that's just a matter of understanding like what the product is, what's in it. And sometimes you actually have to ask those questions. It may not be readily available on the product's packaging. So, um, but we are really big proponents of being an empowered and informed consumer, but where we pride ourselves on a company that in any, you can ask anybody in our market about Halo and they know that you can trust our products because we put our money where our mouth is. We do extra testing. We um, make sure that it's uh, safe to use through um, chemical analysis and um, our own um, product testing. Um, so and, and, and is heat a factor? I've heard that if you don't have the right heat, you know, that could be uh, detrimental to your health also. Is that one of the things? People yeah. Think? So there are some um, the battery vape batteries that go to really high temperatures, which creates more vapor, which some people prefer, you know, larger vape clouds or inhaling more. But when you heat the extract to, to levels that are above recommended, you can start converting some of the compounds into other things that can create that can create carcinogens as well. Mm -hmm. So it's important to be vaping as low temperature as possible so that you're getting the vape, you're getting all those compounds that benefit you and are part of your experience without the risk of converting them into something different. Plus it tastes better mm -hmm. when it's at low temperatures. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all the terpenes. So, so yeah. some cannabis snobs will like poo poo concentrates um, because they say it's like low grade, you know, you're putting all the, mm -hmm. whatever the, sticks and I don't know, maybe just not craft cannabis. Um, what would you say to that to people? I mean, is it sounds like you really care what you're putting into it in the plant, but it just seems like it's just a common thing. I've heard cannabis snobs say, oh, I don't do concentrates. Maybe you'll never. Yeah. I mean, they, again, it's valid. There's been a his long history of really poorly crafted okay. concentrates. And so um, that's why we are so transparent about our process and the quality of the input material. A lot of times concentrates came from byproducts, stuff that nobody wanted to buy. That's how we created value out of garbage. But um, <laughs> we, we meaning an in industry, yeah. um, but Halo from the beginning, if we're trying to create a product that's as close to the plant as possible, as close to something that you would want to smoke, we need to start with high quality product. And so we've always used full bud, full, um, actual cannabis flower to create our extracts because we know that the quality going in equals the quality going out. And we want to make sure we're having the highest quality product with the best chemical profile out there. And so um, that's a really important factor. So again, challenging where the product's coming from, how they produce it, all of that does mean a lot to that end product's quality. So I, you know, I always encourage people, you know, challenge and um, second guess things yeah. uh, because you will find the answers that you need. And there are companies like Halo that are raising the bar, raising the standard. And so I would say that the cannabis snobs are poo-pooing concentrates because there are a lot of bad ones out there mm -hmm. and a lot of them focusing purely on THC, whereas, you know, not that's far from what the, the plant, plant produced. Well, that's, yeah, I guess good information in your marketing materials, because it's just in just casual conversations that I've heard it, that's what I hear, you know, um, yeah. so I, I thought, oh, okay, I really never thought about what's in, you know, the poor 
plant quality or what you know the reasons you were saying so um yeah so i guess let's wrap it up with um what's the future for halo uh are you um what's the future for halo let's end up with that That'd be perfect um well we are focusing on expansion now so not only creating more access to our products in washington state where we're based but we also will be expanding next year to the state of ohio so um trying to create again create access to our products in different states along with our mission and our values because again we have to keep do it it's it's on us as industry members to move this industry forward in the way we want to see it and and by going to ohio does that mean you're getting a completely new license and you're going to set up complete operations there it's not yep. with someone else gotcha okay wow yep so that's your next step washington ohio is your is your launch out yep okay. the stepping stone <laughs> new york <laughs> yep i would love to be <laughs> it's a hot market that's for sure it's on our minds <laughs> <laughs> okay thank well, you anyway. Pam. thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts go to podconnects.com Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.